Hey guys, it's the Pro AV Now podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Standridge, and we're unpacking everything from LED all the way to digital content. And we're joined by a special guest. He is a national sales manager for ThinkSign, and they specialize in LED displays and digital signage. And I'm honored to have Paul Hughes on the show. Paul, I just appreciate you joining the show. I'm so happy uh, that you're a guest and we really appreciate your just ex- expertise in LED. We know that you work for uh, ThinkSign. Uh, you're the national sales uh, manager there, and so we're really gonna be, uh, we're really gonna love your expertise on uh, Pro AV now. And so, just to start off the podcast, I just wanted to ask if you could tell us a little bit about your background in the AV market and just the digital signage industry. Like, what kind of led you to that? Much like many things in life, I think it was a little bit of circumstance, and 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 I I love the way I came to the sign industry. Like many people. I don't think many people um, um, leave school or set out at 18 to uh, take over the sign industry. Uh, We joke about it. Many people in the sign industry have found their way there via different ways. Uh, Approximately 10 years ago, I was uh, with an integrator for um, information and technology, and my focus and niche was um, data storage. And I was building a network of connections and customers here in Louisville and was really enjoying the the fast paced and uh, ever emerging technology market in in data storage. And the ownerships of ThinkSign literally moved in next door to me and we kind of started a little bit of a quick friendship. And and then I was naturally uh, curious about what it is they were doing and they wanted to bring their product to the American market. And the more I learned, the more I liked it, and the more I gained trust in them. And likewise, and uh, the rest, as they say, is history. Uh, in hindsight, I'm very glad I made the jump and took the risk. I can only imagine how exciting the digital signage world is because it's breaking into literally every industry. Like you see it in restaurants, you see it in uh, coliseums, like big sports arenas. I mean, digital signage is the future. And so uh, I just kind of wanted to ask, just in terms of the future, where do you see digital signage heading? Like we we often think of the normal categories like restaurants are obviously doing digital menus, but what other markets are we not thinking of that digital signage is going to be huge in, in the future? I think it's going to get smaller and higher higher resolution as the industry progresses. I think you're, you, you we're already seeing it in almost every industry or, or, or business vertical you can think of. As you mentioned, you can see the Atlanta Falcon Stadium. You can reference um, the auto parts store along your you know, main thoroughfares and retail businesses. You can see it in retail applications where there's a message above the beer cave or at the point of purchase inside your convenience stores. So uh, it's above the menu boards or, or, or it's available as menu boards in, in your fast food settings. So I think it's really penetrated almost all of the verticals where it will grow in the future um, is is higher resolution, more availability, uh, and, and higher impact, I think, with value adds like content creation and content management. I, I got to throw it in. I just, you know, watched a video the other day where there are now holographic messages. We used to joke when someone said, do you upgrade this electronic message center or LED sign 10 years from now? Do you buy a new one? When, when, when do I reinvest it on, on my, on my investment? We used to joke that, you know, one, you will recoup your money so quickly with an electronic message center. 
uh, you won't be too concerned about that. And two, maybe in five years, we're going to have dancing ladies or, or cheeseburgers that chase your car. <laughs> right. I, I believe that. You know, we don't know because it's, it's evolving so quickly. And even though I joked about that two years ago, Taylor, guess what I just saw on the video? Holographic iPhone that's working for you in 3D inside the retail center. A holographic LED image out on the highway that is actually moving and animating in 3D, talking to passing traffic. So those things are really going to come to pass, and it's, it's, it's exciting to be a part of that industry. Exactly. It's it's very exciting watching this because these jokes that we make now, the stuff that we think is unrealistic now, guess what? It's going to be a thing in two years. And so, um, yeah. I better not joke about cheeseburgers chasing you down. I mean, it, it could happen. <laughs> now, we do have to we do have to be mindful of the uh, local ordinances, governance and municipalities. Uh, uh, a colleague of mine uh, brought up a fun fact. Um, that I had not thought of it in this way, but when he made this statement um, and, and and confirmed it to be true, it's it's thought provoking. The sign industry is more heavily regulated than healthcare. Man, so the most limiting factor we're going to have moving forward with unique um, avenues or or even size, resolution, or content is our relationships and education of the value of signage in our communities. Well, Paul, I, I thank you just so much for explaining that. And I, I, I did want to let you know, I, so I, I did some kind of research on, on what you guys were doing. And I noticed you guys have an outdoor product. And I wanted to ask you a little bit about that. Um, what do end users, integrators, and architects, what do they underestimate when, they're, when it comes to designing for the outdoors? What are some things that you need to consider just besides the screens that there are niches within the uh, industry itself, much like information and technology. When someone tells me they're in it, they're not telling me anything. Are they in desktop services, software as a service? Uh, uh, do they run an ASP and ISP? Are they in servers, server virtualization, storage, security, backups? All of those are different industry niches within an industry. The sign industry is no different. You have illuminated signage, unilluminated signage, indoor signage, outdoor signage, um, many different types of signs that fit different needs in different environments. And because uh, integrators, architects, or engineers um, are not necessarily signage focused, um, they can tend to throw an indoor where an outdoor belongs or an outdoor where an indoor belongs or just put a square peg in a round hole. Um, um, so education, again, with those who are doing design work is, is very key to let them know that um, differences in brightness can equal viewing as well as, uh, as dollars and cents is very important. Right. I'm going back to education. Right. Edu edu yeah. I, I would totally agree. Educating the consumer and educating the person buying it, it it's going to be important because if we can't optimize our digital signage if we don't know what we're buying. And so as the digital as digital signage becomes the new standard because it it's going to, it's in inevitable, you know, the, the paper banners are gone. Digital signage is where it's going to be. Where does software and content play in the mix? Where do you see that fitting in the future? 
it, it's an ever increasing value. Uh, ThinkSign has has recently added a graphic artist just to work with our customers because there's a bit of a learning curve. Most people are having a having an expectation or an impression, unless their salespeople do an excellent job of of setting the proper expectations, that this sign is going to look just as good as their 1080p or their television at home. And you know, most outdoor displays have a pixel matrix of less than 200 by 400. And that's pennies compared to dollars when you compare it to a 1080p. So how you create that content and make it look good in a 200 by 400 pixel matrix um, is crucial and is key to the return on the investment. Um, there are already graphic artists that... Um, offer their services to end users and billboards and advertisers today. I think designers and manufacturers are going to also offer those much like ourselves. And you'll see more of those content creative um, packages and managers uh, uh, as the industry kind of grows and proliferates. Right, right. So I, I, I want to, I kind of want to move to the individual, uh, individual business owner for a second. So when we're talking about somebody listening right now, who's, justifying digital signage, they may not see the importance of it. How can you convince them that digital signage not only can save them money in many ways, you know, it can increase their profits exponentially. What would you say to them? Well, several things, <laughs> you know, I, I'd love to talk about the value of content creation, you know, just, just in itself. I, I would tell them that if you want to consider utilizing digital signage, ask yourself with an additional 10 to 15% means to your business. At a minimum, go home, calculate that. You come back to me with a budget that we can we can work with to design something that we know is conservatively going to increase your business. From that, the content that we can offer you and help you in the design, implementation, and even day parting uh, is a term that's becoming popular. Uh, is very crucial and can only add to increasing profits beyond that conservative 10 to 15 percent estimate uh, if you want to know what day parting is let's think of breakfast lunch and dinner you know when mcdonald's first thought of trying day parting which is advertising to different people at different times of the day they thought of three day parts breakfast lunch and dinner they ended up with 11 successful day parts and they all make them money my goodness, I did not know so that. <laughs> whom you're speaking with, yeah, so whom you're speaking with at what time and the frequency of the changes and the frequency of the changes of your messages, your ads and your sales has a lot to do with it. If you just think you're going to buy a message center and you're going to triple your profits, you're you're you need you need to rethink it because content's king and because content is king that's why we offer a content package in addition to just the sale of the hardware. And a lot of people don't realize you can not only finance your sign, but you can add years of content creation and management services along with that. And then it just becomes an ongoing cost like marketing. Right, exactly. It's just it's a normal part of your budget. That's right. And marketing is more tax deductible than uh, capital expenditures. I've been told. Oh, yeah. I 
<laughs> I, I I think I've heard that too. So I, I I definitely have I definitely have heard that too. And that's a great point. Is you know it, it's it's not just the screen. It's not digital signage. Is not just going to do that. It's it's the content you put on there. It's the copywriting. It's going to be who you're talking to and how you're talking to them. You know your approach. That all comes into play when you're talking about digital signage. So yes, the platform's important, but the person behind it is just as important, if not more, because you just have an empty vessel if you just buy the sign with no intention of you know, increasing your content. Yes. Yeah. And 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 I think business owners are learning that through attrition. Um, um, salesmen are quickly uh, ready to make the sale and the relationship and the partnership and the ongoing uh, content creation services can can be a revenue stream that last years and and not just be cyclical in a in a hardware sale. Right. Well, so as as more people are buying digital signage, there's there's these new foreign substitutes that are coming into the U.S. market, and so I kind of wanted to speak. I kind of wanted you to speak to that. So with products getting to be at lower cost, there's you know there's there's manufacturers facing this common problem, which is price pressure. And so how can manufacturers justify commanding a premium nowadays? Value-added services and, and, and value-added uh, support. But, you know, just because someone can do it um, um, cheaper does not make them better. Um, I will say some of the overseas manufacturers are getting better at both quality, reliability, but because they're inherently overseas, they'll never be able to match delivery times, partnership, and support like we can domestically. Um, and, and even content creation services fall in line with that. Um, partnerships are built on relationships, and relationships are local. Right. So the problem isn't necessarily quality. In, in a lot of ways, it is, but it's, it's the lack of value-added services, what you're saying. You could you could put it that way. Thank you. Gotcha. Well, I I, I want to kind of conclude this interview, and I just wanted to thank you once again for taking the time. So I have a last question for you. I know that you mentioned earlier you're based out of Louisville, Kentucky. So I've never been there, and I I I I've always wanted to go there. My you know a lot of my friends are big Kentucky basketball fans, so they have always told me they that I should go to a basketball game. But what do you say is like the biggest can't miss event if I were to go to Kentucky? Like, what's the one thing to do while I'm there? One of the great things about coming back Kentucky is there's always something to do. You know, so if, if you're here in the spring or the fall, I recommend you go to either of the meets at Churchill Down or at Keeneland. Uh, it's a it's a majestic racetrack. In fact, they only added an announcer over the loudspeakers in like the last 10 years. Wow. Uh, uh, up until then, it, it was just a traditional horse race that you watched with your eyes. Uh, those are wonderful experiences. Um, any and all of the distilleries on the bourbon tour are great things to do any time of the year. Um, Louisville, Kentucky has become quite the foodie town. You oh, really? Can, you can get... You can get some world-class cuisine in Louisville, Kentucky these days. Um, I just visited Mammoth Cave for the first time. It's one of the natural wonders of the world. Yeah. I strongly recommend that. Anything east of I-75 is beautiful Appalachian country and I think is underutilized as far as tourism is, is concerned. Well, yeah. So we got a lot yeah. to offer. <laughs> well, if I'm, if I'm headed to Louisville, I definitely – I'm going to take you up on that just to, just to see some of the horse races, like you said, some of the 
the the cuisine that's offered in Kentucky. So, uh, Paul, I just wanted to thank you. It's been a real honor to have you on the show and just pick your mind on the expertise and the digital signage world with LED. And I just wanted to encourage our listeners right now, if you're listening, if you haven't checked out the amazing work that ThinkSign is doing, Paul outlined it throughout the throughout the podcast episode. I would definitely encourage you to do that. They're at thinksign.com. You can also reach out to Paul. I think his information is on there. And uh, he his job is literally to get their business to as many clients as possible all around the world. And he'd be the guy that you'd love to talk to. You can learn about how they're utilizing LED technology in both small and large business scenarios. And just once again, remember, we have new episodes every Wednesday unpacking the latest in the AV industry. And we're hearing from the best of the best in this industry, just like Paul. So make sure you follow us on Twitter. We're at ProAVNow. You can also find our publication at marketscale.com. And once again, I'm your host, Taylor Standridge. And until then, we'll see you next time.